What's up, everyone? Welcome to It's the Daily Grind podcast. This week on the podcast, we have a new friend of mine, Taylor Lane. He is the creative director for Gonzaga Men's Basketball. In just the short time I've known him, he's been such a blessing in my life. He's always positive, always willing to give a helping hand or be a listening ear. And I just wanted him on the podcast, even though I didn't really know his full story before because I felt like he had something to say and he definitely has something to say. So I hope you enjoy. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at It's the Daily Grind Podcast. pod what season of life are you in right now what season of life I'd say I'm in a rooting season and what I mean by that is actually I read this book about a year ago uh, called rooted and uh, it talks all about how kind of our generation like the the millennial gen z the generation is very much like about wanderlust and always like chasing you know the next big thing and like wanting to travel and like this whole travel bug and like I had that like since college like I just had a huge travel bug and I just wanted to go travel and see the world do this do that um and I got a lot of opportunity to do that which was awesome um but this book really talked about how in order to see things in your life like like a plant or like a flower, for instance, like anything for it to blossom or a tree, it has to plant roots down deep um, before you start to see like like the fruit of it. And so um, I would say that's kind of the season I'm in is trying to not move around so much, trying to like actually plant myself somewhere in like community and surround myself with like amazing people of faith who are trying to like encourage me and grow me. Um, as a person in my career and, and different, just different avenues like that. Um, it's really hard to do if you're just constantly on the go, but um, you just start to see a lot of fruit in life when, when you plant your roots um, and, and you just stay. And so that's kind of the season I'm in right now is, is trying to be content with staying um, because leaving is easy. Staying is hard. And just like, I mean, you're an athlete, you know, like, in order to grow your muscles, you got to go through what's hard. And so, yeah, I've, I've really started to notice that is, is staying when it gets hard is actually when you start to see a lot of growth and fruit in your life. Um, whether it be like literally staying like where you live or staying in your job or a relationship. Like when it gets hard, you could easily just like cop out and leave. Um, but you could just be on the brink of seeing some fruit in that situation. And so like why leave when you could be literally on the brink of it Mm -hmm. and so yeah i'd say right now that's kind of the season i'm in is is trying to stay rooted and just plant my roots down deeper but you're pretty young still so what was the moment that you decided now it's time to do that because i would probably imagine some people would have said no keep doing that while you can like keep doing that while you're not married and you don't have ties and you can be flexible with your job so 
what was it that made you say, say, I think I need to start planting roots? Yeah. Um, you know, I moved a lot since high school. I mean, I grew up actually two hours south of Spokane and Clarkston, but I moved after my freshman year of high school. And that was an event that like really impacted my life. Cause like I live in a small rural town, you know, paper mill town, literally my dad worked at the paper mill <laughs> and, um, it was just one of those places that you never thought you were going to leave. Like, ever, I don't know, most people, not everyone, some people leave. But for the most part, you just you never really picture yourself, like, leaving because no one really does that. And so it was hard for me growing up to see myself anywhere else um, and grew up, you know, playing sports and surrounded by so many, you know, of my best friends were my teammates and um, plugged into a church and you know, your childhood best friends, just, just the whole community. I just never saw myself outside of that. And then all of a sudden my dad um, gets a job promotion, an opportunity um, at a sister paper mill down in Arkansas. And so he took that job. And so I left everything I ever knew after freshman year of high school um, and moved down there. And uh, yeah, spent a year there and then moved to Virginia the year after that. And so already like the first three years of high school, I was in three new states, three different high schools, new friends, new sports, new teammates, like constantly shifting and changing. Um, and then finally, like stayed one more year there, graduated high school and then was off to college. And so that was another new scene. And there's another new people, more opportunities, more just a lot of change. Um, but I almost became used to it. Like I became content with change. And then out of college, um, I got to work for the athletic department when I was in college and was constantly like traveling with the teams on the go. Um, and out of college, uh, got hired by uh, PBR, professional bull riding. So I was a producer for them. And so again, another um, kind of industry that I was constantly on the go, constantly traveling like that. That was next level though. <laughs> it was like always gone. Uh, you know, fly out on a Thursday to a new city, you know, check into my hotel room. The events are all weekend long. I'll check out, you know, Sunday or Monday, fly back Sunday or Monday. And then I would edit remotely to like Tuesday, Wednesday, living in Colorado, editing remotely. And then I'd fly back out on a Thursday for the next weekend's event. And so I was just having the travel bug I thought I always wanted. Um, but I realized like I just could never develop relationships that really mattered, like friendships, relationships with my coworkers. Um, even my family, like I would see them a couple times a year, you know, for the holidays. Um, and so, yeah, I was just always on the go. Um, and for me, I think I recognized that it wasn't a pace I could keep. And I was kind of ready just to have more intentional community around me. And I mean, really just like settled down. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's as simple as it sounds. Like I was just kind of ready for that. Um, I started to recognize like, like I mentioned earlier, like change was, was normal for me. So like constantly on the go, living in a hotel, like is constantly something new. I was actually comfortable in that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but I recognized it, it wasn't really bringing any sort of fruit or value to my life. Like it was just, it was awesome because I would get high praise from people like mm -hmm. what I was doing and it looked cool on social yeah. media, but I was actually like not being fulfilled in it at all. Like 
the rock star lifestyle just wasn't for me. Like the riders would always want to go out to the bars after the events and, and this and that. And um, so I would join them. But yeah, I just, I didn't find really the joy that I was looking for in it. And uh, I just knew that the pace of life I wasn't going to be able to stay in. And mm-hmm. so I just started looking elsewhere like, okay, where... Where could I end up? I didn't want to move on just to move on, though. I wanted to move on and it be the right fit. And that's about the time I started reading that book called Rooted mm-hmm. of planning your roots. Um, and saw the GU position open up at Gonzaga. I was like, well, that's back near my family, near my hometown. Um, that'd be like a great spot to be able to like plant roots. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about wanderlust versus dreams? Like, do you think wanderlust is inherently a bad thing like do you think it's a way for people because in society I think there is a lot of wanderlust and I wonder if that's just a way to like run from because you're saying Mm. like to to leave is a cop-out to like Mm. run from something to Mm. run from your problems so what are your thoughts on the difference between wanderlust and chasing your dreams well that's that's a great question uh how I would think the difference between those two would be is wanderlust is an escape versus like dreams is something like you're running towards Mm. (laughs) right like you dream about something you want to go like reach something like achieve something like that's awesome like you should follow your dreams and I think a lot of dreams are at least for me like God-given dreams like if if God gives you those those wants and those desires in your life that you should go chase those but um when you scroll through social media and you see these like travel influencers and like their life and you start like the comparison game of your life and what it could be like if you're doing that versus like what you're doing that it kind of becomes this more of a escape like wanting to escape your own reality versus like trying to chase your dreams of what you're actually gifted at talented at and pursuing and so yeah i think it's just kind of walking that line of of escaping versus pursuing Mm -hmm. and so I was kind of in a more of an escaping part of my life rather than like really pursuing. <laughs> Do you think you were escaping from something or just escaping from life itself? What really like reality of life is, which is you have to have hard relationships and you have to have a hard job sometimes. And so what were you running from or just life itself? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, I think I was just running because it's just how I operated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like I said, just slowing down and staying is like harder for me because mm-hmm. that means that you have to be vulnerable and you have to have real relationships and you have to work through things. And when you're wronged, you have to mend those wrongs. Um, when you're just constantly going and you're not planted somewhere and you can just up and fly to another place or or whatever, you can just escape your problems. Like you don't have to have constant conversations with people who are in your life. You know, you don't have to really look in the mirror at yourself and, and your own flaws and try to work on them and grow because you can just fill yourself with more entertainment or more travel or more work. And just keep yourself busy enough to, like, escape your own head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that was another thing for me is coming to that realization of, like, okay, 
Um, there's things in my life I want to work on, but there's also like things that I'm ready to pour out into other people that I've learned on my journey that's constantly like going, going, going. Um, I don't have people close enough to me I can really pour into, you know, because I'm just always somewhere else. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so just wanting to cultivate that community and really start to give back and, and some of the things that, you know, I've been learning and, and, and working through and growing through. Mm-hmm. I heard in another context you said you were like a w- lone wolf and I could see where always being on the run kind of cultivates that mentality. It's me versus the world and it's me versus everyone. And I don't have time to slow down and take someone with me because I'm just going at my own pace. And I could see where that could be very like quite lonely and not in a good way, not like a good lone wolf way, but just (laughs) like a lonely road that you only get so much out of life and life, half of it is pouring into other people and half Mm -hmm. of it is pouring into the people you love. So how have you found your growth here, being at Gonzaga, being in a relationship, being at a job for a while now? Mm -hmm. What has that taught you about yourself? Do you like it? Do you like being rooted? Yeah. I I love it. It's taught me, and really I've learned through this process, uh, that I enjoy seeing people grow. I was, I've just always been kind of working on myself, and not like in a selfish way, but genuinely just like, I think that's all of our goal. Like we want to improve as a person, we want to get better. Mm-hmm. And I've been in that phase for like uh, many years, like always just trying to look at how can I become you know, a better man, uh, how can I become better at my job, at my career, um, how can I be a better, you know, son, a better brother, and just always looking at ways I can improve. Um, but now being here and being established in community, I've been around long enough to see people's lives, like, change. Um, you know, at the young adult ministry, I help serve that. And even that... Um, at work, like getting to mentor interns who are trying to step into the creative realm. And now, you know, me having all this prior experience, getting to teach them and help them develop their craft. It's just kind of ignited this new passion in me of like, okay, yes, I still want to grow. Like, but now I'm kind of in this season where I'm a student because all of us are always going to be students. That's, that's called life. Um, a mentor of mine always said, um, awesome school has ended for you, but your education uh, will continue forever because <laughs> uh, we're just constantly learning and growing. But for me in this season, I'm yes, I'm a student still, but now I'm also a teacher. And I've realized that I really enjoy like helping people um, and seeing growth in people's you know character and their talents and their giftings. Um, and I, the more I do that, like, the more I want of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I'm just trying to continue that kind of pattern here now that I'm more established, as you've said. Mm-hmm. You said that when you were off doing, was it bull riding? Or you weren't doing it, but... Yeah, I was a were, producer, yeah. Yeah, and you said that you called it like the rock star life and those people would want to go out to the bars. Talk to me about the importance of kind of always being aware of like the people you're surrounded with because I think... There's, on the one hand, you can say, okay, I'm in this environment and mm-hmm. I'm producing for these type of people, yeah. or I'm in this job and I work with this type of people, but I don't want to be those people. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that's very realistic mm-hmm. for or sustainable for a long time. I think at some point, 
you kind of cave into Mm -hmm. what those people are, good or bad. It's just maybe different than what you want. So now that you're here and you have people that are like you, how important is it that you found a group of people that are actually like you? Mm -hmm. And what were you maybe not realizing when you were with those other people? Um, I want to back it up a little bit and, and kind of talk through that kind of process of, of getting to that situation. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you are who, who you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. and I've always, well, I've recognized that over the course of my life, how true that is. And uh, I remember my, well, after graduating high school, God really transformed my life, um, my senior year of high school, um, and just wanting to, to live for him. And uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember like praying to him and, and just telling him like, all right, Lord, uh, narrowed it down to two colleges, Washington State University and Liberty University. And I mean, two polar Those opposites. Those are polar yeah, opposites. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and my argument with him was like, Lord, okay, like family, Washington State, you know, like be well, super you're... close to, by this time, like. You're in another paper mill town, right, Pullman? Washington State or? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Another big remote town. Exactly. I was like, I'll be back near family though, like 40 minutes from my hometown. Yeah. So my nieces and nephews were just like being born at that time. Yeah. My grandparents were getting older. I'm like, I, I want to be there. Like, I don't know how many years they have left or Liberty University. Cause I went for a weekend and visited Liberty and man, just the atmosphere there. The professors were amazing. Uh, every student I talked with, like just had so much joy like I just I can't describe it other than saying like the presence of the Lord was like on that campus when I visited it and so I was like okay God like awesome school other school still big because I wanted to go to a bigger school um, but also near my family and so I really just didn't know what to do <laughs> and so one day I walked into church and uh, just that heavy burden on my heart like, God, I don't know what to do here. And the pastor, like, stopped his sermon that morning, like, 10 minutes in. And he's never done this. He's like, I just feel that, he said, I just feel that there's people who walked in with something on their heart that's heavy. And whatever you walked in with, I just want you to take some time and pray. Right in this moment, just pray about it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I just, again, I was just like, all right, God, like, you know the deal. Washington State told my reasonings again. And another reason was like, I could go be a light there, like, you yeah. know, I could go be in that culture mm-hmm. and just, like, you know, help, you know, people get out of a toxic, maybe, part partying, alcohol, drug use cycle that they're in and just kind of go help people. Or Liberty, <laughs> and kind of more, you know, continue to grow in my faith and, and be surrounded by believers and, and this and that. I just I just didn't know what to do I really didn't so I just asked the Lord like show me a sign because at face value both of those are actually good reasons no great yeah like both intentions like be in your family and be a light or continue to grow and be surrounded by other like both were great options so I just asked the Lord like I just need your will like show me a sign never prayed for a sign I know it sounds cheesy but I was really like God just show me a sign and I said amen and I look up and the pastor looks out in the crowd and he says now whatever you just prayed remember this verse where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty and i was like (laughs) (laughs) like 
what? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So sometimes like God will answer your prayers over like over consistent, you know, time. It takes time over consistency and repetition and, and being intentional about those prayers. And other times it's like, bam. And that was one of those moments where I mean, it's like, you, okay, God. <laughs> yeah, you asked for a sign and it was like, it was like flashing. Yeah, it was like a railroad sign with flashing lights <laughs> and like the real guards like, hey. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, I went there and that was really a season of development for me. Um, God was like, really, he was like, I get your heart and I love your heart in that. But you're not ready for that yet. You're not mm-hmm. ready to go into that environment and be a light. Let me help develop you and grow your character and your foundation in me so that you can go and maybe not be quite as influenced by what you're about to walk into. And crazy enough, literally as I graduated, yeah, getting hired into that type of industry. And don't get me wrong, like the writers were awesome. Um, I still have great relationships with a lot of them. I actually just called uh, my buddy Andrew last week. Um, he's about to head the world finals mm. and God just put him on my heart. So I just reached out and, um, he's just going through a tough time in his relationship, um, right now. And so it was awesome just getting to talk with him and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, he's a great man. And a lot of those guys are, but just, you know, just the culture and lifestyle, like it is like we go party after we ride and, and whatnot. And, uh, so it really took that time of cultivating that, that growth and um, educating myself and growing that firm foundation to be able to walk into an environment like that and when a storm come and that temptation come, not completely just give in. Um, but I also had people in my life in Colorado that, I would, like I said, I'd go fly back and then I'd have a few days and I would just immediately connect with them, like faith-filled people who could just like, recenter me and like encourage me and pour into me um, before I went back on the road and so yeah that was super crucial for me Um, but it is like you said over time um, with the pace that I was working and how I was was starting to spend more time on the road than I was with those people um, it did become really hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that was a big reason for me, like, ready to get out was not only, like, the burnout from the job, but also just the culture and wanting to be better surrounded by, you know, people that could, you know, point me back towards God and my faith rather than kind of point me towards worldly things that was kind of toxic for my life at that time. Mm-hmm. So maybe you already touched on this, but what was the hardest season of your life? Hmm. Hardest season of my life was... Actually, in college, uh, well, one of the, I would say, I don't know if I have a hardest, but when I recall a hard time, it was in college, um, I think my junior year of college, my, I was in one of my classes, just got there, my morning class, I think, like my Wednesday morning class or something like that, and I was sitting in the lecture, professor is about to start, and I get a phone call, and it's my mom, and she's like, just at a loss for words, just freaking out on the phone. I was like, hey, what's going on? And she informed me that last night, the night before, uh, my grandpa had passed away. Like, super just unexpected, just in his sleep. Um, And at that point, I had never dealt with loss before. Like, I had both of my grandparents, like Mm -hmm. my aunts, my uncles. And so, like, hearing those words, just, like, 
I was just in shock. Like, what do you mean he's gone? Like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, in my head, he had another 20, 30 years. I never even thought about death in my family before. Um, but, I mean, the professor was amazing. Like, I just, I walked out of the classroom and just told the professor, like, hey, I can't be here right now. And he said, hold on. And he walks into his classroom, says something to his, to his class, and then follows me and, and tells me to come into his office. And he literally talked to me for like 15, 20 minutes, like delayed his entire lecture with like a 200 person class mm. just to talk with me. And um, he just told me, go to uh, a sanctuary. And I was like, what? Like, does he mean like a church? What does he mean? He's like, no, I mean like go to a sanctuary, like somewhere where you just like can be at rest. Like for some people that's out in public, like at a mall and you just like are sit at a table and you just look and you just people watch and you just like are kind of at a sanctuary for other people it's like going to a mountaintop or like buy buy some water and just to get out and get to a peaceful place where you can like pray or just like grief like it's important don't like push this away like you need to really like deal with it mm -hmm. which was super helpful for me because like I wanted to just push it away in that moment but having that advice right away I was like okay I know the place and I went to like this walking bridge that goes over this river and he just spent some time out there and then it was about four months later maybe six months later I had a call my uncle passed away mm. heart attack um four or five months now maybe like seven seven months or so later anyways uh, I get another phone call my grandma passed away and it just felt like in the course of a year and a half, like I went from never losing anybody to like one after the other, it was just like gone, gone, gone. Um, and I just, that was so hard cause I'd never had to deal with that before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I would say that was probably one of the harder seasons of my life. So besides that going to the sanctuary, cause that, was that something you did often? Like, what did that season really feel like? Or what were you struggling with? I mean, I know you're struggling with, with loss. Yeah. But, like, what does that look like for Taylor? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just, it was grief, for sure. And just, like, the reality of it that I would never get to see them again. Mm. And I was a little bit angry at God, to be honest. Mm. Um, because, like I just mentioned earlier, like, one of my big reasons for wanting to go back to Washington State was to be near family um, and the fact that I was off to college and all this happened I was like what the heck Lord like I told you I want to be near family like my grandparents were getting older I, w I wanted to be there and now they're dead like like what's the deal and so yeah I'd say dealing with grief but also like dealing with some a little bit of anger and bitterness um, just with life <laughs> how did you get through that yeah I would love to say I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, but <laughs> in the moment I really didn't. I just, I didn't see the end of the tunnel. Um, but that's where God's grace came into play and where his promises I had to trust and believe in. Um, there's actually a verse um, was pretty crucial in that time of my life. Actually, just a passage, Philippians 4, verse 4. Chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. And man, <laughs> when I read that, I was like, 
always like how can I how can I rejoice right now like there's not a chance I could like my grandparents gone my uncle's gone like how am I supposed to rejoice right now like this, this is horrible it says let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then later in that um, passage, uh, <clears throat> well, crazy enough, before I get to this part of the passage, I, uh, I don't do New Year's resolutions. Um, I pick a word, and I pray into that word and, and believe in that, like for that word, that God's going to use that word to transform my life that year. Um, and so in like this year my word is awe like I just want to be more in awe of who God is and last year my word was consistency I just want to be more consistent in like all areas of my life and then this particular year um, my word was contentment and um, so going now down to this passage I came across this verse during that year when I was just leaning into the, the, the word contentment Philippians 4 verse 11 I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength, or other translations, all things through Christ who gives me strength. And when I read that, <clears throat> obviously super familiar verse and I realized like oh I've been reading that verse out of context my entire life <laughs> like it's just such like and I'm sure you know too just being an athlete growing up as an athlete that's kind of a, an athlete verse like we can like you know get better and, and win because Christ who gives me strength <laughs> uh, but reading that verse like understanding it's it's about contentment like no matter what storm of life you're in what storms coming your way you can be content in it mm. because Christ is going to give you the strength to get through that mm -hmm. and so it's not really about what you can accomplish it's the fact that no matter what you're going through you can be content in it mm -hmm. and people are going to see that like how can you like how are you okay right now with what you're going through and all your answer is is, is because Christ like mm. literally he's the only reason that I'm content right now and so reading that and really believing in that and his promises and his truth that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved and knowing that my grandparents and my uncle were believers and that I was going to get to see them again one day and that, yeah, like, I wish I could still see them in this life, but trusting that his ways were greater than mine and for some reason it was their time. Mm. And so trusting in his plan for my life and that he wasn't doing this to harm me, that it was just a part of the journey of that's called life. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just really leaning into his, his truth and promises during that season um, is the only thing that got me through it. Yeah. It's kind of funny, like I asked you, what did it take for you to get through that? But so much, sometimes it's like, there was nothing that I did. No. I've experienced that too, that piece, and it really is like, something that surpasses understanding. So yeah. it's interesting because this is like the Daily Grind podcast and I always ask that and usually people give me an answer that's like 
this is how I worked through it and this is what I overcame. And sometimes I really haven't had an answer yet. That's just like, I didn't really do anything. <laughs> I just, I just put my faith in my faith and trusted that I was going to be okay. Mm. And ultimately everything was okay. Yeah. Um, so that's really beautiful. And I think even to people who aren't Christians to just hear that testimony mm-hmm. and to just be encouraged in that, that sometimes like really it is maybe giving that a try and seeing, you know, where that can take you. Yeah. I was going to say, it's interesting that your word is awe, but you're trying to be rooted because I think most people think that wonderlust is this awesome experience and to chase <laughs> yeah. wonder is you're always trying to be in awe. Mm, And so I think that's really cool that you're finding that awe in being rooted. Yeah, it's so true. I also think that that awe comes from like just enjoying the simplicities of life. Mm -hmm. And we're in a society that we're constantly like chasing the complexities. Yeah. But we really live for simplicities. And it's really in the simple things that you find that sense of awe. Yeah. I think that that's pretty counterintuitive to what people think as far as wonderlust goes. No, that's so true. I love that. What are the daily practices that you put into place to do the daily grind? Ultimately, I want God to be at the center of everything I do. And so in order for me to do that, I got to start my day with him. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, that's become... A habit for me, a part of the daily grind, is just time with him. I've created space um, in the morning. I spend every morning with him. I open up the Bible and we'll read scripture, pray, uh, repent, daily repentance, and um, just spend quality time with him. And that's something that I've really developed the past couple of years. It, it used to be something I wanted, like I wanted to spend time with him, but I kept making excuses on why I couldn't. And finally got to the point, um, actually last year, when my word was consistency. I wanted to be consistent, particularly with that, like every day I spend time with him, start my day with him. Um, I would always say, I just can't find time for God in my day. Like, I just can't, like, I just don't have time. Like, I, you know, work and then even, like, helping serve at church or, like, meeting with friends or family and building community, I'll just always make excuses. I couldn't find time for the Lord. And it got to the point where I had to realize, okay, I'm never going to find time for God. I have to make time for him. It has to be a priority. And so I just decided I'm going to wake up an hour earlier every morning. And so I turned my clock back from like 6.45, 7 to 6 a.m. so that I could have those first 45 minutes of my day to be intentional with him um so yeah spend time with the lord is is a big one for me and then just eating well just more on the the health side mm-hmm. um you are what you eat so if you eat junky you're gonna feel junky <laughs> yeah uh so that's a big one for me I, I just like to feel healthy and clean and i noticed when i eat clean i usually feel pretty clean mm-hmm. so it's amazing how much food really plays a role in I think so many things we don't even know about yet. Yeah. Like that science has not uncovered or that we as the general population aren't privy to. Yeah. So that's a big one for me too. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, life is is busy and 
I won't get to cook every night or I'll be on the go and it's way past dinner time. And it's like, okay, I'll stop because literally today I don't have time to. And that's also like just giving yourself room for grace that if one meal you actually don't eat great, okay, don't knock yourself over the head for it. It's still good to get carbs and some sort of substance in your stomach, <laughs> regardless of what it is. Uh, but for the most part, I try to eat, eat healthy and then work out. Um, always try to exercise, try to lift like four times a week or so, but, um, even on the weekends, just getting out into nature, going on a hike or just literally walking outside, just always trying to, you know, exercise, um, as well. Uh, those three things really helped me. Okay. More cause I'm just curious. Talk to me about vulnerability. What is the power of vulnerability, why is it important for you to be vulnerable as a friend, a partner to mm-hmm. other people, to strangers like we only just met? Why is that important to you? It's important, I think, because just the most fruitful seasons of my life, when I look back, came from seasons of deep vulnerability. Um, when I look back at when I interned at, uh, at Elevation Church, a few years back our intern group we went through a really tough season together but we were so vulnerable with each other and everything that we were going through and just who we are and our struggles and we just really just tore down the walls of having to perform and decided to just be real with each other and man those people ended up being like some of my best friends in this life like I could still it's been or four years and I guess still call probably over half of them and we pick up right where we left off <laughs> another time uh, was when I was on leadership on my hall on campus in college all of us were just very open and vulnerable with each other about life and we ended up I don't know, just having really deep-rooted friendships that again just last a really long time and just allow you to lean on people when you go through tough times, like knowing that they're gonna be there for you. Um, I just, this life is so short, I just got so tired of surface level friendships and relationships. Um, Yeah, I think there's just a lot of power with vulnerability and how people really want it and desire it, whether or not they want to admit it, everyone really desires it. And you kind of sometimes have to be the one to lead that because you can't wait on someone else to do it. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's probably what I would say is just the most fruitful seasons of my life. I just, I started to see the pattern of like, wow, I was really vulnerable in that season and so much fruit came out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what advice would you have for people just getting out of college or even just people at your age? What advice would you have? Um, Advice out of college, I would say know your priorities. Create habits that promote your priorities. And then set boundaries that protect your priorities. And so for me, like my priority, priorities, just a, a few off the top of my head 
is keeping God at the center of everything I do. So just like we just talked about that, um, okay, if that's a priority of mine, how can I create a habit that promotes that priority? And so I created that habit every morning. I'm going to spend time with him, and I'm going to eliminate excuses. I'm going to go do that because I want to prioritize that. Um, family, big priority for me. Um, you know, full-time job now, and um, you don't get summers off to go spend time with them <laughs> and this and that. So, you know, text messages, phone calls, sending cards, like just uh, there's a beautiful thing called FaceTime now. Thank you, Apple, for that. Um, to where you can stay connected to your family even if you don't live right next door to them. Um, so yeah, family is another big one for me. And then even my relationship, um, like I mentioned earlier, um, been dating me and my girlfriend now for uh, just under a year and a half. Um, and so prioritizing her because, I mean, dating is a whole other topic we get, get into, but I mean, my belief is that dating is goal-oriented and that there's purpose behind it. Um, so for me, the point of dating is to get to know somebody in the evaluation period to see whether or not I want to marry that person. And so if marriage is the ultimate goal, um, people sometimes say, <laughs> like, oh, I just, you know, I'm just having fun, you know. Uh, my response to that is, like, if you're dating to have fun, like, get a hobby. Like, people's hearts are at stake. Don't play with someone's heart. Like, go find a hobby. Um, so if marriage is the ultimate goal, right, um, I need to prioritize that relationship, um, because your habits and priorities in this season of life often translate to the next season of life. So if I am not prioritizing the relationship in the dating stage, how could I expect for it to just like roll over and all of a sudden I start prioritizing it? in the next season if that was marriage or, or whatever and so and that's all of life that's not in relationships the you know habits and priorities you form now often translate into the next season of life and so yeah I'm just always trying to focus on that too is cultivating good habits and good priorities so I would say that's my advice is first get your priorities in front of you understand what they are and then form habits that promote that and set boundaries for instance like Sunday is, I go to church on Sunday, and I have a young adult ministry on Monday nights that um, I help serve at. And so, for me, at my job, a lot of times, you know, Gonzaga, we have men's basketball games on Monday nights. I set that boundary kind of ahead of time, like, hey, I, you know, I'm called to, called to love on people, to serve, to go and, and to uh, make disciples, and that's, you know, part of the Great Commission that I feel a conviction about that I want to go do and the passion I have to see people grow in their faith and walk with the Lord, I do that on Monday nights. I get a big opportunity to be a part of God's kingdom and, and uh, doing that. And so I set that ahead of time, that boundary with my boss, like, hey, Monday nights I'm not available. My interns can cover or our other full-time staff, they have availability. Um, but Monday nights, like, I'm booked. And so setting those boundaries um, because your boss is not going to set them for you. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to learn that the hard way in my last job. Um, I was just kind of walked over because I didn't set my own boundaries ahead of time. And so there was never this expectation. And so whatever role you walk into out of college, if you know your priorities and you're firm in them, then you're able to start to set those boundaries so that you can create habits around those priorities. Mm -hmm. 
that's all I got. Anything else? And I mean, I'd say nothing else off the top of my head I look back on. But I'll just say recently, and this kind of goes back to loving to see growth in people. Uh, just this past weekend, went on a young adult retreat to Coeur d'Alene, Lake Coeur d'Alene. Um, and we had a house of like, this house was supposed to be able to sleep like 20 people and we got there and there was only what like four beds total <laughs> but then so people were sleeping on the floor people were sleeping on the couch like there was a movie room people were sleeping in just everywhere to fit 30 people and we get a call um before like the first night really started people were like on their way out um that these other two guys like wanted to come and so I was talking with Stuart he's the one who, who founded the well that went on this you know spring retreat um and he's just like I don't know what I don't know what we're gonna do I don't know if we can fit like two more people here we can barely fit 30 and I I didn't know what we we're gonna do either <laughs> and so uh him uh Janelle and I um all were just talking about like maybe they could sleep on the dock or on the deck or like well we'll find somewhere like finally we're just like let's just say yes and just if they're cool with sleeping like outside cool we'll figure it out mm -hmm. so we said yes like come on out um and we made room for them and it was just so crazy how we went from almost like turning them away just because we were afraid that we weren't gonna have room for them or they would be uncomfortable or they would have to sleep um to seeing god move in their life that weekend and um one of the guys he the second morning session was just like i could tell like just so into it like 100 percent invested in like what stewart was talking about the message and the worship and our discussion time he was just so overwhelmed he walked outside there's like all 30 of us in like the living room and he just like walks outside and i was running the slideshow at the time and just kind of felt the prompting to like go check on him I was like, no, like, I'm running the slideshow, like, I gotta, you know, no, and I just felt the prompting again, like, go check on him, like, it was like the Holy Spirit, like, go check on him, and I wanted to make the excuse again, but finally, I was like, I can't ignore this, I gotta go check on him, so Janelle was sitting next to me, I just asked if she could take over the slides, and so I walked outside, and he was just absolutely in tears, and I said, let's, let's take a walk down to the dock, so we walked down to the dock, and before he could even get down there, he's like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm not a rel religious man. Like, I've never been into religion. He's like, but I just felt like God was talking directly to me up there. And I've never experienced that before. He said, I've done so much wrong in my life. I just don't understand how God could still love me. And how he could still be seeking me. Mm. And man... <laughs> just getting to talk through what he was going through in that moment, be there with him, pray with him. And ultimately, um, you know, he, that literally in that moment, him giving his life to the Lord and like turning away from his old life and turning towards Christ was just one of the most impactful moments that, that I've had in a while. Just to think back of, we almost didn't let those two like come, mm -hmm. you know, because we didn't know if we could accommodate them.
And that just seemed like a common theme throughout the weekend was you never know what God can do with a simple yes. Mm. Yeah. And so I'll just say whatever season of life you're walking out into or whoever's listening is walking out into, never underestimate what God can do with your yes. Mm. I don't have anything else to say. I think we're just going to leave them with that. All right. (laughs) Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me.